welcome to Off the Cuff ABQ, the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio, and it's not for the easily offended. You're listening to KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM, a Pan American Broadcasting Company. I'm Diana Vargas. And I'm Stella Padilla, and welcome to our show. Welcome, everybody. It's crazy out in Albuquerque, crime, crime all the time. No, not again. Well, this is not a really serious crime, but you know that the police are arresting, well, they arrested one woman anyway, after she was being told to stop camping at the local park. So she sets up like three baskets, you know, and sets up a tent around it. She's approached by police officers twice in one week, and they told her to take down the tent, but the city's family and community service department and community organizations, they'll first work to get people in need connected with behavioral health services or a shelter. Bringing in the cops is not the first step according to the deputy director of the city's family and community service department. What's up with all the deputy titles? Well, more administration titles for useless high paying jobs. Obviously that's all they do with the homeless situation. So online court records from March 9th, they say that this Louis, Louisa Scott was summoned for wrongful use of public property after being asked to leave Phil uh, Chacon Park. An officer writes that she was arrested twice in February, along with other people, to not set up structures to camp or have fires. The officers gave Scott a summons when they noticed that her so-called structure was backed up after uh, city crews returned yeah, what was left of the camps, so the enforcement action was required. Wow. Yeah. And then apparently on March 16, Scott was arrested for wrongful use of public property for erecting another structure, which is uh, which consisted of three shopping carts surrounded <laughs> surrounding a three-person sized tent. How do you drag around three shopping carts? I have no idea, but I see people. I mean, they got a caravan, full, a train, a train full of. Um, <laughs> baskets baskets and every now and then you see a basket down <laughs> and just the one little wheel spinning like this the other day i went down the street and i saw one it was lifted up and there's four bricks underneath stop it, it. no one in albuquerque no one's safe in albuquerque yeah. there is no one safe in albuquerque <laughs> so uh anyways um so according to the apd spokesperson gilbert gallegos he said that they'd rather not uh, have to arrest these people or give them summons. Our officers would rather be out patrolling and kind of dealing <laughs> with, kind of dealing with more significant crimes, significant crimes. But it, it it's also a quality of life issue, and we deal with neighborhood associations all the time and and businesses who want to make sure their businesses are clean and parks are clean. Mm-hmm. So maybe you meant to say that businesses are safe. <laughs> and like free from but the parks aren't clean oh, i guess clean too yeah. everything's dirty you know there's not a park in, in in albuquerque that i've ever gone to that there wasn't something weird in the park yeah like needles like needles yeah lots mm-hmm. of them and kids are playing there with footballs and stuff did you know that the state of new mexico the the health department they dole out like millions of syringes every year and they call this an alternative or, or harm reduction okay they call it harm reduction but it how is it harm reduction if there's no alternative other than to use a needle to shoot up junk? Uh, yeah, it looks like it's encouraging. Yeah, more yeah, encouraging yeah, yeah, yeah. than anything. Yeah, yeah it kind of seems like this. So records show that four others were also summoned with Scott but have not yet been arrested. <laughs> Gallego said they complied with officers and took down their camps. And he thinks that the Gateway Center, 
you know, that Mayor, shelter? Yeah. Mayor Tim Keller's proposed uh, proposing at the old Gibson Medical Center will be a long-term solution for people getting connected with housing and services in one place. I can't believe that to be true. Here's why. What is it that the city has been doing if at the end of the day, getting people connected with housing and services is just now the narrative? No kidding. So what does Heading Home do? Another city nonprofit, by the way, funded by taxpayers, Hope Works, funded by house payers, Tiny Homes Project, funded by uh, taxpayers, Healthcare for the Homeless, funded. Taxpayers. Mm-hmm. St. Martin's Hospitality, funded by taxpayer. And this is just to name a few, by the way. Mm-hmm. What is it that they are doing? Millions of tax dollars continue to be doled out for homeless resources, yet year after year, there is more and more homelessness. The more facilities and homeless resources there are, the more homeless there will be. It's real kind of simple like that. Mm-hmm. So the Gateway Center. Right now, a city councilor wants to give the community, we've already discussed <laughs> yeah. this, time to weigh in on the proposed yeah. Gateway Center. Public comment. Shelter in the International District. So question, councilor. Which community members from the International District exactly are you wanting input from, councilor? Is this which neighborhoods? Yeah. Pick one. The well-to-do or the part of the international district routinely referred to and known as the war zone. So, yeah. anyways, in conclusion, on Wednesday, Scott, this is this is a girl that got arrested for the homeless camp in in the park. She pleaded guilty. I'm sorry, she pleaded not guilty to her charges and was released. Her trial is set for Albuquerque. Are there any predictions <laughs> out there about where? This is going to go. Well, I'm sure she'll show up to court because, you know, everybody in Albuquerque does. This is true because we live in Never Never Land. Yeah, and, and walk, in, what is it called? The uh, catch and release. Oh, yeah. But, you know, it's funny. Look how quickly she got a court date in April where all these other murder cases and baby killing cases and all these other, they have like years before they even get years. Yeah, and, and they're usually free. By the mm. time they get there. Right, right. It's right. Yeah. Credit time served. Yeah. Uh, give me your hand so I could slap it. Don't don't do that again. Offender. Yeah. Don't do that again. Yeah, they're all free. Mm-hmm. Speaking of repeat offenders, um, there was one arrested for the twentieth time in Bernalillo County. Wow. A repeat offender was arrested by the Bernalillo County Sheriffs during a March tenth probation and parole operation. Uh, Raymond Vargas forty three was arrested for parole violations. Officials say Vargas had violated his parole over a dozen times in in 2021. So why is he even still out? (laughs) If you violate probation, parole, or whatever, you got to go back to the big house. Catch and release. Catch and release. Like it's always been like that. So you could get out of prison or jail or whatever, be on probation, parole, violate that a thousand times, and... Yeah, I say, couple. Nothing's gonna happen. Well, I could see, you know, one, one or two that slipped through the cracks, but this guy has an extensive history. Extensive. I mean, his records include charges for first-degree murder, kidnapping in the first and second degrees, shredding. I mean, shooting from a vehicle, attempted murder, assault with a deadly weapon, and a battery on a household member, tampering with evidence, distribution and/or trafficking of a controlled substance. Conspiracy, embezzlement, and other felony crimes, but he's walking free. This is unreasonable. Along with the charges is a long list of probation and parole violations, along with failure to appear in court, 
warrants and failure to comply with conditions of release. No kidding. Well, look, look at it. How many, look, look at all the charges and everything. This is insane. And, and they still are going to trust him to show up to court. Wow. So Vargas has been convicted of conspiracy to commit second-degree murder as well as tampering with evidence in 2012, trafficking and possession of narcotics, possession of a firearm by a felon, aggravated assault with a deadly weapon in 2006, and escaping from jail in 2002. So he's actually a Houdini on top of all that. Houdini! <laughs> Houdini! And he's known by so many aliases, so you'll never find him. He's Renaldo, Gumby, Flaco. Flaco. Yeah. That's Flaco. Ray. Joseph. And Yao Ming. Stop it. To confuse everybody. To confuse everybody. <laughs> so the VCSO operation made nine felony arrests, cleared 10 felony warrants, and recovered two firearms. Again, from felons. So when we talk about <laughs> returning your guns to the government, the only people that are going to have guns is the criminals. The criminals. Yeah, so go ahead, fools. Give up your guns and see what happens. I know, see what happens. <laughs> this is crazy. Crazy Albuquerque, they call it that for a reason. No kidding. So, But it just still amazes me that, again, this homeless issue. So, you know, there's been... Um, Many times that voters went out to vote for things, they voted to approve money to uh, give to the homeless. City of Albuquerque takes a portion of the general fund to fund the homeless problem, and yet year after year, year after year, like, I have no idea what's happening. Well, Dinah, didn't you just hear we have all these organizations? That's where all the money's going to, all admin staff, you know, equipment, whatever they do in right, there. Right, right. But nothing's going to the homeless. Right. So... What are our topics for today? We have Roundhouse Roundup with Carla Sontag from oh. New Mexico Business Coalition to discuss New Mexico 2021 legislative. The blame game, ongoing problems uh, at Walgreens addressed. Finally, crime, crime all the time. Man who beats his girlfriend to death will receive sentence reduction from New Mexico Supreme Court. And La Movida, supervisor at the New Mexico Taxation Revenue Service. Another movida. Another movida. Go New Mexico. Yeah, those topics and more on Off the Cuff ABQ. Uh, support for today's programming on Off the Cuff ABQ is made possible in part by Semco Inc. Thank you, Ty Neal, for supporting Off the Cuff ABQ and our mission. You're listening to Off the Cuff ABQ, 96.9 FM, 700 AM. Don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Stay tuned. Stay tuned. Carla's up next. Hi, my name is Christina. And I'm Kenneth Garza, and we are the founders of the Cherub Initiative, a nonprofit organization. We help abortion minded women choose life with alternative resources away from abortion. Find out more about us at cherubinitiative.epizy.com and remember to click the donate button. Again, that is cherubinitiative.epizy.com. Preserving life, one baby at a time, saving lives, one mom at a time. Hey everybody, welcome back to Off the Cuff ABQ, the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio on KDAZ, 96.9 FM, 700 AM. I'm Diana Vargas. And I'm still Stella Padilla. And she is still Stella Padilla. Well, we have New Mexico Business Col uh, Coalition. Carla Sontag. Welcome. 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 
Thanks. It's great to be with you. Yes, the New Mexico Business Coalition never stops working to help New Mexico, including safely opening businesses in New Mexico so they could provide for their families. So we are extremely happy to have you on air today with us to discuss the New Mexico 2020 legislative uh, session as we stand today. What's happening in the Roundhouse? Well, we just had a major victory this morning on a bill that would have just crushed New Mexico businesses. So we're doing a happy dance over here, I'll tell you for sure. Great, great. Uh, which bill was this? House Bill 291, Tax Changes. Tax Changes. And, yeah, it was in the uh, Senate Finance Committee, and they brokered a deal, an agreement that was also agreeable to the bill sponsor, Representative Javier Martinez, and they took out all the tax increases, every single one of them. And we are just so grateful to the chairman, Senator George Munoz from Gallup, and Representative Martinez for agreeing to it because the bill was one of the worst we had seen. One of the worst. Mm. Yeah. It was going to increase taxes on every business in New Mexico by a lot. By a lot. By yeah, a lot. And, you know, well, corporate taxes would have gone up 60% in five wow. years. That is so unreasonable. Yeah, it is. And so the good news is what stayed in the bill is they're going to give greater tax relief to lower-income people that are paying taxes. So they'll get more relief, but it's not going to come off the backs of businesses. To me, that was a win-win um, because... Coming out of this pandemic is just absolutely the worst time. Totally, to go after totally. Business. Yes, and especially when the state has mandated that you close your business or yeah. you know uh, uh, implement these extreme restrictions. So, is this H bill or HB two ninety one? Is this the only bill uh, being passed or introduced during the twenty twenty one legislative session in regards to tax increases? Oh, my goodness, no. No. We've had probably close to half a billion dollars in tax increases being considered. Wow. Um, we're still sorting through to figure out what's getting through and how it's getting through. Um, this one would have been very significant. Uh, they also were going after individuals that were making 75000 or more. And, you know, we don't have too many people in that tax bracket, but... We had a study from United Van Lines. They're asking people that are moving out of the state why they're leaving and kind of finding out what category they fit in. The vast majority of people leaving the state are at the higher income levels, 100000 or more. So if you have these people already leaving and you increase taxes further, you're going to see more of them leave. And so there's going to be less taxes, not more. So... You have to think this through to the end when you're looking at tax increases. Uh, so we're just greatly relieved that they, they took those out. Absolutely, absolutely. And 75000 uh, per year, that's, I mean, that's totally considered middle class, correct? It is, but here's what most people don't realize. 85% of all New Mexico businesses pay their business taxes as a pass-through to their personal income, right? So right. whatever that tax rate is, well, if a business isn't making 75000 a year or more, they're probably a pretty teeny tiny business. Right. 
if they're over that, those are the people that are creating jobs. And you keep pushing on them with taxes, and what happens is we see more leaving the state, we see more businesses shutting down, we see less jobs. And so it hurts the very people they say they want to help. Exactly. It's almost like it's, it's a direct affront to them, you know? Yes. It's like, let me teach you a lesson. So what about HB 141, the unemployment contribution rate change? Where's uh, that at? Uh, Unemployment, yeah, that was tabled weeks ago, and we have not seen it come back. One of the dangers of seeing a bill tabled rather than just voted down and killed is they can pull that off the table at any time. And when that happened in House Appropriations, the chair of the committee said, we may have that come back. And so I have been holding my breath this whole session that it not come back. Wow. So, yeah. so basically, whenever they want to pull it out of the, the stack of cards, they can just pedal that, whichever committee they want to go to get it to the governor's office. What they've got to do, if they have voted to table... They have to get one of the people who voted for that motion to table it to go to the committee chair and say, I've changed my mind. I want to pull it off the table and revote. Oh, wow. Now, they will typically do that when they have talked to the other committee members and they know they've got enough to then get the bill passed out of committee. Right. So that's why uh, tabling motion, if there are big numbers, like in our case, it was tabled 16 to 3, it's not too likely they're going to change the vote. Okay, yeah, because that would be a lot of people to move in. And, and uh, is this where the whip would come into play? <laughs> um, no, not unless it goes to the floor. That's where the whip is really involved. Um, but you see, yesterday it was interesting during committee. I mean, you, you get all this behind-the-scenes stuff going on, Yesterday there was a bill in committee, and it's a blur. I can't even remember which one, but the member of the committee was amending the bill, and just he was angry because it was another attack against business. Mm -hmm. And it was a Democrat saying, that is enough, and he started amending the bill. They actually paused the hearing and went and beat him up, <laughs> and then they come back. Well, we're all just sitting there waiting for the committee. They come back, and they said, we'll continue, and they asked that person, do you have anything else to say? And he said, nope. Wow. Yeah. So basically they, they took him to, uh, to the closet and said, look here. Here's how it's going to go down. You go back in there, dry, wipe off your tears, and you just sit there and say nothing. Oh, yeah. He wow. Got whooping at the woodshed for sure. Oh, and yeah. It, was, it must have been brutal. And he had nothing else to say. And, you know, that is unfortunate because we had somebody standing up for business. And as a representative as a Democrat. of the business yeah. community, I was like, you go, dude. We need this. Totally. And, yeah, they shut him down. How unfortunate is that? What about the HB 20 uh, Healthy Workplace Act? Yeah, that one has been amended, and it's still a really bad bill, but we'll have to wait and see now. It goes to the Senate floor. I, I'm getting a sense it's probably going to pass, but in committee, we were glad to see that was in Senate Judiciary, 
And um, what they did was they took out the pandemic requirement. That was one of the biggest issues. So this bill accumulates paid time off at one hour for every 30 hours an employee works. That is the most aggressive standard we have seen in the United States for any state that has this. So that remained intact, but on top of that, this bill also had an additional 80 hours of paid, <clears throat> paid leave during a pandemic. Wow. Yeah, and so that kind of relief is what we have been dealing with in the unemployment, which is where it should be. If government shuts a business down, then that fund should cover it, not employers. And so that got amended out. That was a big win for business. The other thing that happened, which I found very interesting, they had excluded government from this bill. Imagine that. The biggest employer of all New Mexicans, and they're like, oh, we don't want to play, though. Yeah. We're just going to tell you, private sector business owners, how you'll run your business, but we're not going to be subject to this because this is really bad. Right. Uh, You think? Right. And this is New Mexico, so. This is crazy, crazy. So one hour per every 30 hours work, so you get one day off for or one hour sick leave off for every 30 hours you work it's yes. crazy yes yeah and so the interesting thing that's going to happen so the second amendment on that bill was to put the government back in right said, right hey, right you know and, and in our email we're like hey if it's good for the goose it's good for the gander you know you guys bringing it up why don't you pay the same Right, if, that we're paying. right. If you're going to be making the rules, you got to follow them too. But hey, I guess it's 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 a great state in New Mexico, and not everybody follows the rules. Yeah, well, it's more do, you know, and yeah, <laughs> totally. So yeah, so anyway, we were happy to see that. Well, it kind of puts the legislature now quandary about what are they going to do with this bill because they didn't address the cost. To the state for implementation and so you know I was asking aren't you going to send it back to finance shouldn't finance look at this because now you have an unfunded mandate we don't have this in the budget to cover this paid time off for state employees right <laughs> like like where's that money going to come from exactly. who are you going to tax now yes <laughs> <laughs> so now we're going to wait and see what are they going to do when they take this bill to the Senate floor, um, because it really puts them in a bad position. Now, what I've been told is they're just going to ram it on through, and I'm like, okay, here we go with bad government again. If we're passing bills that increase cost to government and we don't know how we're going to pay them, that's not part of the deal. It's in the New Mexico Constitution. Thou shalt have a balanced budget. Right. We're no longer in balance if we don't have this paid for. Thou shalt have a balanced budget. Good grief. But not everybody follows the rules, you know. Or the Constitution. Or the Constitution, for that matter. (laughs) Yes, sir. So, yes, yes. What about, uh, what doesn't matter anymore? You know, ma'am, sir. Whatever. (laughs) Whatever. It. (laughs) That's my pronoun, it. Yeah, yeah, just call me Dinah, not China. Dinah, not China. So, what about HB 50, the private right to action uh, for certain statues? Oh, yeah. 
That is really bad. Um, but I am not seeing it move in the Senate. Okay. So maybe not. It has passed through the House. Um, but the Senate has not taken it up yet, and that is a, uh, well, the floor of the House hasn't even voted yet, so it hasn't passed over. Now, we're down to the wire. I mean, we have until noon on Saturday, but I can tell you that they can pass stuff in the blink of an eye, literally in minutes. They can pull something through both chambers and get it passed into the governor's desk. And so... It ain't over until it's over. It ain't over till it's over. And we've seen when they sign something at 1 o'clock in the morning. We've (laughs) seen. I can personally vouch for this. I Mm -hmm. mean, you go to bed thinking, all right, everything's cool. Get up early in the morning, head back to Santa Fe to try and, you know. Bam. Yeah, advocate or or for this bill or that bill or whatever. And you're too late. Poof, you're too late. Mm -hmm. Yeah. You you know, while you were sleeping, (laughs) everything changed. (laughs) Oh, yeah, that happens way too often. And if you're not somehow connected to get the word, then you don't even know right. what occurred. Right. So speaking of being connected to get the word, how can people reach out to your organization um, to get your newsletters or communications? Yeah, we would love to have you get involved and get more information. So you can go to our website, nmbizcoalition.org, and biz is B-I-Z, in InBizCoalition.org, and you can sign up for our emails. You can look at past emails. You can get the full scoop on what we're following and where we stand on those. You can read all the letters that I have sent to legislators in regards to a bill, whether we're supporting or opposing. Okay. And, yeah, it's good. You can call our office if we can help you at 505-836-4223. And somebody always answers the phone there. They're always super nice when we call because we call there a lot to try to figure out these bills. So your organization has been super helpful to us. So thank you again. Um, Attack on gas and oil. I mean, are they ever going to stop? Do they not know that we had a, I mean, this is how we fund our education. What education? Well, for what it's worth. Oh, okay. Sorry. I thought I was confused. <laughs> oh, saying it like this, huh? Yeah. That's the way it is, Ellen Bernstein. Let's get it together. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think she was referring to SB, the 149 bill that actually prohibits the new fracking licenses. Right. Um, SB 86, the use of water and oil and gas operations by Senator... Um, Sadio Lopez, you remember we went to uh, a meeting. It, I mean, this was about three years ago, and she was just appointed because she lost her election and then was appointed to that seat, I believe. And she was hell-bent on just bashing uh, oil and gas. Mm-hmm. Um, she had wanted all fracking stops so they can do a study. I mean, this was the gimmick three years ago. Yeah, I remember I approached her and I said, hey, they, they paid $2.1 billion into our education woman, so who's going to pay that? How, right. how are we going to educate right. our kids? And she goes, well, you know, taxpayer-funded things will help. And yeah, again, hit yeah. the taxpayer. They're not paying enough, right? Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. It's just out of control. Mm-hmm. I remember that. So Yeah, and that's the same question I always pose. And then what? And then, then what? what? You know, I mean, we don't have an answer to not having oil and gas produce in our state. And quite honestly, I mean, if you look at it, there isn't a thing that you can do that doesn't bring oil and gas into your life. Right. Our computers, our phones, our, 
our buildings, our clothing. It's all You've part heard... of that industry, one right. way or another. What about our car? That's that's what I'm worried about. Yeah. Well, I mean, because who wants to take the bus? <laughs> you know, but even then, they're talking about going to electric cars. We've got electric buses. Great. How do you make the tires on them? Right. It's rubber, right? It comes from oil and gas. All the parts, the paint that goes on it. These are all products that people don't realize come from oil and gas. If you imagine for a minute you didn't have that in your life, you wouldn't have electricity. You'd be standing there in the nude. I mean, you just, you wouldn't have clothing. You know, there is no way around this at this point. Maybe someday society will get there, but we're not there right now. And I'll tell you, I enjoy having clothing and a coat when it's cold. Especially <laughs> after you're 21, you really need clothing. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> Stop scaring us. Stop scaring us. So for most people, imagine your life without your phone. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, you know, I, I used to have this job. I'd wake up super early in the morning because I did deliveries and stuff. Uh, and so I remember one day it was kind of cold. I left the house and I'm like five minutes from work. And, you know, I had to drive from the South Valley, had to cross the river all the way over here. And I said, eh, I guess I just got to live the day without my phone. I mean, without my jacket. On another day, I left my phone and I'm already at work almost to my stop. I turn around, and go home to get my phone because it's that important. Forget the jacket. Forget the jacket. Yeah. So what else is going on? I read a bill, and it, it had to do with the, uh, with the child support uh, income re uh, requirements or obligation to pay back. Do you know anything about that bill? Because it was like 98 pages long. It was ridiculous. Oh. Yeah. No, I haven't reviewed that one. I'll tell you, you know, we've got 800 different measures, and we have been just overrun with legislation of a bad kind this time. And right. so we've been very defensive on that. Uh, there's been a few bills that we have been able to support. Um, but, yeah, no, I don't know every piece of legislation. Right. And, I, and I don't know that one. Yeah, I totally figured as much. I was just, I was just baffled. I said, good grief, this bill is like almost 100 pages long. It almost sounds like we're going to pay as taxpayers uh, child support for these people that failed to pay child support. And it, it was just so convoluted. And I was like, oh, good grief. You almost need like somebody experienced to uh, break out these bills for you because sometimes the language in them, they have more than one issue. Is that a problem? Well, yeah, it is. I mean, we have a rule against what's called log rolling, and that's when you put more than one subject in a single piece of legislation. You're not supposed to do that. And the reason is for protection of the public, because in the title description of the bill, they're giving a breakdown of what's in it, and they want it to be kept subject by subject. So log rolling is not allowed, and there have been bills overturned by the Supreme Court that were considered log rolling when you've got two unrelated subjects in the same matter. So if you took that, for example, child care, and then put something in it about shutting down oil and gas. I mean, they're just not right. related. They shouldn't be together. Right. But it's the state of New Mexico, so you got to read all 572 pages. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And, you know, so what we do is if we've got somebody that, let's say, is uh, very focused on child care 
and they see a bill come up and they've got a concern, they can call us and we will look at it for them and say, well, you know, here's kind of what it does and what you should be aware of. We may not be able to take it up as our issue because we focus on, on business. taxes and regulations. Right. Yeah, mostly a lot of our work impacts individuals as well, just right. like this tax bill. But, yeah, we, um, we don't know everything, but we're willing to help however we can. Well, you are so awesome, Carla. I just wanted to thank you one more time for being on Off the Cuff ABQ, 96.9 FM, 700 AM. Carla Sontag with... Thank you, Carla. You're always a blessing to with, us. <laughs> with New Mexico Business Coalition. Check them out. Follow them. Thank you, Carla. Thank you, ladies. Have a good day. Bye-bye. All right. Bye-bye. Good morning, Albuquerque. This is Gerald Loeb, local author of Things Political and Sometimes Humorous. I have a new book coming out on the 15th of April, and it's called Mayhem Matter. Check it out on Amazon. It'll be available then. Thank you very much. everybody. Welcome back to Off the Cuff ABQ, the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio, exclusively aired on KDAZ 96.9 FM. 700 a.m. Don't forget to visit us on our website at offthecuffabq.com. My name is Dinah Vargas. And I'm Stella Padilla. Welcome back. We just got off the line with Carla Sontag from New Mexico Business Coalition. Great gal. She was giving us a rundown on some bills that are detrimental to New Mexico small business and taxpayers in general. You know, I wanted to mention that she said you have to wa actually read the 686-page document anyway when they're trying to pass a bill because they'll sneak something in there like they did on that fish and game bill. I know. Well, they, what was that all about? Well, they tried to sneak the pedophilia bill in mm -hmm. there to protect them and stuff and on a fish and game. So I know what she's talking about, that you have to read the whole 680-page document to see if they didn't sneak something in. Right. It's almost like they're gaming you. So uh, just a shout out really quick. I'd like to thank our production team as always here at Off the Cuff ABQ. Jamie, Michelle, and Lori you always managed to make us shine. Thank you. Thank you very much. And what about the new book that's coming out? Oh, the new book by, by Gerald Loeb. Is Gerald that the one Loeb, yes. He is a local author and has a new book titled Mayhem Manor. And it's set to release April 15, 2021. You can pre-order your book today. The book is about ineffective bureaucrats, mindless politician, an overwhelmed police force, and an unlikely hero. Get your copy of Gerald Loeb's Mayhem Manor today on Amazon.com. The setting is right here in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Yeah, he tells you all the whole truth. It's funny, but it's it's completely true. He's so when he talks there. about mindless politicians, ineffective bureaucrats, we know exactly what he's talking about. I can't wait to get the book, honestly. It'll, it'll tell you straight up what's going on. Right. <laughs> but in the meantime, let's talk about the blame game. Mm, okay. An ongoing problem at Walgreens or Walgreens in the metro area. They're going to blame it on the little bottles again. They're going to blame it on the little <laughs> tiny miniature alcohol bottles yes. called shooters. Mm -hmm. So a handful of metro Walgreens stores that sell liquor are causing some major problems, and one city councilor thinks she knows why. Now the city is trying to fix some of those issues. So here's the situation. It's District 3, which is Corzin Central area. 
uh, Counselor Clarissa Pena says she believes liquor sales plus security issues have made some pretty big problems for a few uh, Albertsons locations around the city. And of those stores is at Corzin Central. Imagine that. Mm -hmm. My husband and I, this is a quote, my husband and I were actually there a few weeks ago, said Pena. And a couple of gentlemen filled their arms with alcohol and ran out. I doubt they were gentlemen. They were bums. <laughs> bums or thieves. And they took off it their It should knees. read, a couple of thieves, thieves just filled my arms with, uh, uh, filled their arms with alcohol and ran out. Exactly. A gentlemen. couple of gentlemen. Oh, on, okay. Mm-hmm. So it's too common. Everyone knows you can steal from stores, where, whether it be a gas station or a Walgreens. Everybody knows you can take from stores. Why? Because even if they do have security, security can't run after them or do anything. They're just kind of there for show of force. Mm-hmm. Um, Who's going to stop them? Who's going to stop them? Yeah, and and, you, and nobody can stop them because if you hurt them, they'll sue you. And then you call 911. Yeah. They're not going to show up because somebody ran in there uh, because gentlemen are, because there's a gentleman <laughs> inside Walgreens with his arms full of alcohol running out the door. Not going to happen. I've seen people load baskets and run out a big box store. I have with, to. With a truck out there. And there's a, like... like and they have, take their time loading it. And they take they're their, not even worried about anybody they stopping them. They take their them. time loading it. Mm-hmm. They take their time loading so it. So she thinks that that's, the, that's what the problem is, the little bottles. She doesn't think homelessness or mental illness or drug use. and None of that is a problem. Just the alcohol sales, right? Right. So now seven uh, Walgreens locations are enrolled in the city's ADAPT program, including three on Coors and two on Central. The ADAPT program focuses on problem properties that fall under two of the following categories, code enforcement violations, fire enforcement violations, or are considered a hotspot for criminal activity. Like Corson Central, I doubt it has anything to do with Walgreens. I'm going to be real kind of honest with you. Mm-hmm. You think it's a Verizon building and the Albertson building right. and all those buildings that are empty now? You right. think that's a problem? Right. Maybe. Yeah. Well, she says, you know, she's the root of the problem lays at the Walgreens specifically and the sale of the minis. She's convinced that's what okay, it is. Okay, so Councillor Pena says this. She believes liquor sales are the root of the problem at these particular Walgreens locations, specifically the sale of minis. Mm -hmm. Say it one more time just so that we know what the root of the problem is. The sale of the minis. Okay, so really? Yeah. So the root of the problem are miniatures. Mm -hmm. Okay, legislation signed by the governor is HB 2-55. Off the cuff discussed this earlier this week. The legislation bans the sale of mini liquor bottles at places like convenience stores. This is without question the most impactful liquor reform bill in 40 years in the state of New Mexico, and said Representative Joe or Mo Maestas. <laughs> so, uh, all right, so no more minis nope. for the Walgreens. And that's the root of the problem. Mm-hmm. Let's keep an eye on Corson Central and let's see if all the problems go poof. Disappear. They're just gone. Well, according Look at that. No more minis. Yeah. No more homeless. No more crime. <laughs> no more poverty. And just like that. It'll be cured. It was cured. She's a magician. Good thing she's on her side. I mean, I'm just like, really? <laughs> Who put this on the script for me to read, yeah. by the way? Are you mad? Lori? <laughs> Are you mad? No. It just, I just like... My eyes hurt from rolling them. I mean, I'm sitting here just rolling my eyes. I'm, I'm baffled. I'm and, like, and my ribs so, hurt from laughing. She says the root 
she believes liquor sales are the root of the problem mm -hmm. at these particular locations. I, really? Yeah. Well, now you know why her district is the way it is. So if they don't go to Walgreens, they're going to hit the Smiths behind it because you already know that's coming. The Walgreens up the road, or not the Walgreens, the uh, Giant or whatever it is now. Uh, I mean, it's filled with minis. With minis. Mm -hmm. So yeah. good luck with that. With mini panhandlers. Yeah. It's, it's uh, unbelievable. Too strange to believe. It's too strange to believe. <laughs> too strange to believe. Um, uh, the AFR says the main goal of the ADAPT program is to get property into compliance. Well, okay. <laughs> no, no kidding. <laughs> Either too much. You know, I'm just like, who writes this stuff? So... So in other words, they want to get them in compliance, but in order for them to be in compliance, they need the parking lot removed. Well, they said that they... Of that the people that are there robbing, panhandling, and doing all this other kind of stuff, and camping there. Yeah. Let's not forget, Corzin Central is like, it's it's a campground. Mm -hmm. Exactly. In, the in District 3. Uh, totally. Yeah. In District 3. <laughs> yes, we'll call that Corzin Central. We call that District 3. Yes, sir. And the AF AFRs... <laughs> Everyone's calling me Sir today. <laughs> You and Carla. It's my voice. I have an allergy problem. I woke up with this morning and I sound like a bear. Okay. So everybody's calling me, sir. But yeah. Right. But this can mean getting them help with various security measures, which what's that? And helping them make improvements that will fix any code violations they may have. So now they're going to pick on them. Such as what? Well, I don't know. You know, they could say there's a weed growing out of your sidewalk, you know. It could be any code violation. Right. You've seen when the, when the city's mad at you, they can come up with anything. Mm -hmm. So let's, right. let's see how much it's going to cost them to get in. in right. Out of violation. So, um, so they're saying that they can help with various security members uh, measures, uh, measures such as what? Yeah, that you have that they don't have already. I mean, right. they have a security guard standing right there. They got there. cameras. They yes. got security people mm -hmm. driving like this. They call the cops every now and then. So. Uh, managers really can't run them off. I mean, um, we had that office there on on Rio Grande and and Central, and that Walgreens there. I mean, managers were lined up watching this person just feel her purse. Wow. And she just walked out and then flipped them all off because she knew they weren't going to do anything. They said, ma'am, put that back. Ma'am, put that back. And she just kept loading up, she loading up. make me. And then, and then out of the parking lot, she tried to sell me makeup. <laughs> was odd. You could have gotten a half price. <laughs> yeah, there's, I was just like, I'm not interested. I mean, at that point, I just wanted to get, I just want to get the hell out of there. Out of so, the whole parking yeah, lot. Yeah, totally. So anyways, so the DAP program, they're going to, you know, help with improvements and get any code violations they may have up to code, I guess. Last January... Uh, to Albuquerque 7-Eleven locations with crime and other problems agreed to stop selling minis and pints to help clean up the neighborhoods. And did it? I wonder. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Well, maybe it helped clean up the neighborhoods because there was no more little minis to pick up. <laughs> but I doubt it was addressing the problem itself. I, I'm you sure. Know? I mean, it's just ridiculous to be like, oh, it's the root of the problem, the minis. Mm -hmm. Really? But then in the same legislation, they're going to allow alcohol sales to be delivered, to be delivered. That makes sense to be delivered. So now you can get this at your house. Now, just about anybody can not only just sell uh, beer and wine, but they can get a permit or certificate or whatever it is to now sell like 
mixed drinks, hard liquor, shots, and things like this. Mm-hmm. And all of this is to encourage people to, like, stay home. No, you know what I see coming? I can see it, and this is a prediction. You know, like the kids here on this side, the west side of the South Valley, his dad has his little card in his pocket. He knows it's only $30 till the weekend, and he's going to keep it there. So the kids don't mess with that card, but the kids on this side of the river that have their little credit card to order lunch and dinner while their parents are off at work or whatever they use it for can call with their dad's credit card and his ID and say, it's COVID, so leave it at the door. So these kids are going to be partying hard, and no one's even going to be watching who's delivering nobody cares yeah right you know it's like really it's like it's yeah it's just ridiculous to think that 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 little miniature bottles are responsible for all the crime and crazy responsible but yet we're gonna deliver alcohol now we're gonna Mm -hmm. sell alcohol on sundays before noon or whatever it is yeah uh and all of these other types of things i don't get it i'm just like it's a root of the problem according to one counselor of, of of district three i don't see it I don't see it happening either, but we'll I don't see. see it, but we're going to keep an eye on Coors and Central, <laughs> and let's see if, if, if all the problems disappear. Mm-hmm. I doubt they will. So, um, so, yeah. So, minis are to blame. It's a blame game. Let's move on from that because my eyes are hurting from, from me rolling them. <laughs> I'm going to roll them out of my, my head. <laughs> a man who beat his high school, uh, or a man who beat his high school a girlfriend, to death, nearly to death with the shovel, will spend less time in prison. The attack against Cibola High School student happened in 2008. Oh, that was that Brittany Marcel? Yes. Yeah, I However, that. no one was, was charged until a decade later, and uh, he pleaded no contest, but lawyers are going back saying he wants less time because of credit time served or something like this. But again, it's a criminal justice system. And what do you get at the criminal justice system? You get justice for the criminal. Just like the sign reads. Yes, ma'am. Yes, criminal justice system. Mm -hmm. We'll be right back. We got to take a short break. You're listening to Off the Cuff ABQ, the hottest, newest conservative local talk radio on KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM. Please don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Don't let the cost of advertisement hold you back. Off the Cuff Albuquerque supports local artists. Whether you are a solo artist or in a band, one of the best ways to get your music out there is to get it played on the radio. For more information, visit www.offthecuff.com. That's www.offthecuff.com. Welcome back to Off the Cuff ABQ, the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio on KDAZ 96.9 FM, 700 AM. I'm Diana Vargas. And I'm Stella Padilla. So we were discussing crime, crime all the time. Apparently there's one counselor that wants to blame all the city's alcohol problems and bum problems and panhandling and all of this kind of stuff on the little miniatures. They're guilty. They're guilty as charged. So just so you know, there will be no more miniatures being sold at convenience stores. I won't miss them. I won't miss them either. <laughs> well, I have I have something really interesting to talk about. There seems that there's a state worker in charge of making sure that tax returns are above board, and he's been accused of lining his pockets with taxpayer money. 
What a surprise. So the charges stem from a seven-year period between 2011 and 2018 when George Martinez, he was chief of the questionable, questionable refund unit at New Mexico Taxation Revenue. So this questionable refund unit at New Mexico Taxation Revenue, mm -hmm. that's a real department name? Yes. So <laughs> the guy in charge of questionable refund <laughs> unit at New Mexico Taxation <laughs> Revenue has been accused of lining his pockets with taxpayer money for seven years? You can't give somebody so much power, you know. La movida. It's la movida. According to a federal indictment, Martinez was altering taxpayer information on tax returns and having fraudulent refunds deposited in his own account. So How confident. <laughs> I, well, he was in charge of the questionable refund unit at New Mexico Taxation Revenue. What did you expect? <laughs> so it's not clear exactly how much was stolen. Of course not. But federal documents list dozens of transactions totaling hundreds of thousands of dollars between 2016 and 2018. Must be nice. Wow. And the federal prosecutors say if Martinez is convicted, he'll have to try, try to recover the money. So Stop where, do you, it. where do you think that's going? <laughs> Stop it. <laughs> so since, since all of this happened, um, the Department of Taxation, New Mexico Taxation Revenue Department, says they, they have new procedures and technology in place to protect against abuse of the system. Well, great. Yeah, like I'm glad they cleared everything up. <laughs> like they couldn't figure it out before. So what about the people he ripped off? Are they getting reimbursed? Well, they or? said they're going to try, Diana. They're going to try to get it back That's from him. That's just crazy. It's probably gone. Yeah. It's just insane. Yes, insane. It is. Mm -hmm. I just want to remind everybody that uh, you can catch us on air here on 96.9 FM, 700 AM, Monday through Friday from 3 to 4, or on the web at offthecuffabq.com. As always, thank you, listeners, for listening to us here at Off the Cuff ABQ. Yes. We are the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio. We're exclusively aired on KDAZ, 96.9 FM, 700 AM, a Pan-American company. How exciting. Yes, we have a good home. Yes. All right, so... Uh, Take us into border news. Oh, my goodness, yes. The, it's happening at, at the, the border. Well, at the U.S.-Mexico border, they found the eight people in a pickup truck that was loaded with immigrants and were killed when the vehicle crashed into another truck um, during a police chase that began when the driver refused to pull over for a traffic violation, and that was near the Texas border on the city of Del Rio. Wow. So, yeah. So uh, this isn't... This isn't the first report of collisions with massive amounts of people stuffed into a vehicle. There was another collision that happened a week after, or, or this collision happened a week after one of the deadliest highway crashes involving immigrants entering the U.S. without permission. Uh, and again, the rising crossing along the U.S.-Mexico border. So in that case, um, there, um, there was something like 25 people in one vehicle. And it crashed. Could you put 25 people in one vehicle? I mean, uh, not comfortably. <laughs> there was a stack like sardines. Not comfortably, I'm sure. <laughs> so the Texas Department of Public Safety says troops were chasing a red Dodge pickup truck on U.S. Highway 277 on Monday afternoon when the truck collided head-on oh, with the white F-150 nearly uh, 30 miles north of Del Rio. So again, the How problems sad. of the border... Yeah. They're on our roads. People are dying. 
and I don't care what vehicle you're in, people are dying. They're coming here, stuffing people into the car because it's just more effective that way. Uh, they're smuggling these people into the country illegally because there's a reason why you come here legally so that things like this don't happen because otherwise, why would you pull over for a traffic violation or something like this if you, if, if you knew you were going to get busted? You're going to leap police on a high police chase and then end up crashing and killing somebody else who totally doesn't deserve it and not to mention the people and that are being smuggled that's right well they all die and they paid a good penny to get here i'm sure i'm sure of it and yeah. their families yeah and you know that the 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 truck that they hit uh they actually wrecked with them and they were they went to the hospital so they didn't actually get killed but there was a driver and a passenger in there uh they were, I think it was a child. All eight of the people killed and the surviving passengers of the Dodge pickup were immigrants in the U.S. without authorization, according to Department of Homeland Security. Without authorization. Mm -hmm. Without authorization. Yeah. So uh, in a same in Tuesday, the agency did not specify what type of traffic violation occurred that prompted patrol troopers to pursue the Dodge pickup. Mm -hmm. Well, they said the people killed were all Mexican nationals between the ages of 18 and young 20. Young people. They were kids. Young you know? people. Yeah, that was according to Valverde County Sheriff Joe Martinez. So he said seven were men and one was a woman. So It's just unfortunate. So again, in terms of building the wall and and requiring that people come here legally is for this. Mm -hmm. So that people on whichever side you're on, isn't exploited. You think Mexicans aren't exploited when when the coyotes or coyotes or whatever they are are bringing them across. They extort them every step of the way. It's a 1,000 now, and once you get so many miles down over here, they're going to say, hey, you know what? If you don't give us another 500, we're going to kill you. You better get on the phone, call your family, because we need that money and we need it now. We just read a report about um, someone who was being smuggled is now smuggling people, and she was held captive in Hatch, New Mexico. New Mexico is affected by border issues. Wow. Well, or, yeah. I'm sorry. No, <laughs> let me be more clear. We are affected in New Mexico by people entering the United States by way of New Mexico illegally. Right. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you know, I was when we were out there at the boot hill. I remember talking to the commissioner there. He says that they're responsible for their own roads, like the, the state doesn't help them. The roads are crumbling. You know, they drive down the middle because the edges are like almost gone. But they are responsible for their own roads, so the taxpayers there have to take care of them. The state doesn't take care of them yet. You know, border patrol rushes up and down there, chasing the all the smugglers and the drug traffickers and human traffickers up and down these roads all day, eroding their roads, mm -hmm. and and there's no help for them. Right. But, yeah. Because a lot of these are like dirt roads. Uh, in some places that we traveled in the Boot Hill, you remember neighbors were like anywhere from two to five to ten miles apart, and so the way they get to and from their homes because they're you know they're they're these large pieces of land, they're ranchers, whatever. Mm -hmm. And they have to grade their own road. So anytime there's weather, all of this kind of stuff affects their daily travel. On top of that, they're using the, the roads way too much. Nobody is helping them with the cost of maintaining the roads. That's right. So literally, those people over there, it's like a public service. They just get up and they go out and they like do their roads. 
That's right. You know that the, on their own. Yeah, yeah, they have to take care of their own. If they want to road, they have to pay for it. So, but also in a statement Tuesday, Homeland Security Secretary Alejandro Mayorkas conceded that a recent increase in children traveling alone across the Mexican border was a challenge. So the kids, they're sending the kids alone. I can't believe they're all like under 18. He noted that the number of border patrol encounters at the border has been steadily increasing since last April. But he added this is not new, citing previous surges in border crossings in 2019 and 2014. It's totally nothing new whatsoever. You know, this is now Biden's problem. Uh, <laughs> if, they be, if they blame Trump for every little thing that happened, well, at the end of the day, the buck stops there. This border problem is Biden's problem. They're coming here, like you said, with T-shirts and Biden let us in, demanding this, demanding that. Everybody wants to make it all okay for everybody to come and invade this country instead of helping them and giving them resources in their own country so that they could be better equipped to be citizens of the country they were born in. And I beg to differ when you say it's Biden's problem. It's our problem because well, right. Biden could care less. Right, yeah. right, right. Because Biden's going to be stuck over here at the White House, not even you surrounded know, by fences and guards. Surrounded by fences and garden. Mm -hmm. Call that a fence. Call it a barrier. Call it a wall. It's the same damn thing. Mm -hmm. In order to have border security, you have to have three things. You have to have technology, personnel, and a barrier, whether that barrier is seen or unseen, like a wall or chain link fence. A barrier is required. Uh, all of these liberals that have them stupid green signs in front of their houses that, oh, no person's illegal. And, you know, uh, only black lives matter because mm -hmm. you can't say all lives matter because, God forbid, if you are Hispanic and you think your life matters or white or any other color. That's right. I just want to say I'm pink. <laughs> oh, my God, we're almost out of time. Wait, wait, wait. Say no. it, say okay. it, go. Okay, well, Biden administration, he's also limiting what the Border Patrol can share with the media about the migrant surge at the border. So if he's having restrictions, we'll never know really because he's limiting them. Don't tell everybody what's going on. On. And that's an order. Yeah, and that's the, isn't that an, um, your amendment, your First Amendment being so, viciously violated? Yeah, so basically he's saying, he said, look, there's no more sharing any of this stuff that's going on, on over here with media. It probably has to go through this huge approval process now mm -hmm. because at the end of the day, he doesn't want us to see what's really happening over there. Not to over flooded. I know. Mm -hmm. That's all the time we have left. Uh, I know this hour goes so fast. So, again, you could catch us uh, here Monday through Friday, 3 to 4, or on the web, offthecuffabq.com. Again, thank you for listening to Off the Cuff ABQ, the hottest and newest conservative local talk radio, exclusively aired on KDAZ 96.9, 700 AM, a Pan American Broadcasting Company. God bless you, New Mexico. Bye, we'll miss you. Bye.